All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Just as we sort of kick the month off, let's uh, just a quick refresher where we're at. We're moving through what the Bible says about prayer. Prayer, not simply uh, talking to God, asking God to do something. It's a it's a great gift. Yet it's often hindered, and yet when it is not hindered, the problem is that we often ask wrongly. So Jesus here has given us a model of what to pray, what to ask God uh, in the Lord's prayer. When we pray, these are the things we're supposed to be praying for that we're supposed to be asking for. Okay, so that's a summary uh, that I looked this today. This Sunday is the two year anniversary of when we started preaching on prayer. Uh, so just a, we've had a couple of sermons on prayer, uh, and when I look at uh, all the texts we have uh, still left to go, I think, well, maybe we'll be a really good praying church by the time we get to the end. Uh, all right, uh, let's go ahead and stand in the honor of reading God's Word. This clock says it's 6.15 p.m., so I'm not even going to worry about that. Uh, I got up here and there was a bracelet uh, a, a doorstop and my clock had been changed. So I'm pretty sure that someone had played church uh, sometime, sometime during the week. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's read the word of our Lord, beginning in verse 9. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, maybe seated. So here it is. This is our, in Matthew, this is our list of requests to ask of God. And we've gotten now to this last request that we're asking for God to deliver us from evil. We've seen how God always, we've seen the always already in advancing aspects of this prayer as well as we've seen those always already in advancing aspects to the other prayers. And, and we've seen that one of the things God does in delivering us from evil is that he continues to deliver his people from evil. That God is, we looked at God as guarding us. He's limiting what our enemy can do against us. Uh, he's sending his angels to protect us. Uh, we've seen that even in the midst of that, our sorrow will be real because the battles are real and our deliverance is real. And so now we're looking at what can we know? So we know all those things are true about our spiritual battles, but what can we know to be true and about God's deliverance from me? What can we know to be true about the individual battles that we face? So when you and I were in the midst of this spiritual war, the enemy's coming against us. We've seen all that the evil one has for us, all that he plans for the believers. We've seen how he uses evil ones to do it. We've seen how he uses his evil ones, the world, to do it as well. So they're coming against us. We're facing these battles, these struggles, these temptations, whispers from the adversary. What are we going to do? How do we handle this? What can we know about those battles? And that's what we're starting off with. What can we know about the battles that we are fighting. And the first thing we learned that we must remember is that the battle you are fighting, the battle you are fighting is temporary. And that's what we looked at last week, that the battles themselves are temporary, that the particular fights we are in and that we must be faithful in that fight that I'm in right now, that that fight is but for a little bit. It's little, it's not long. And that they're the, right, they're, right, they're the fights you're in right now. They're not the fights you'll always be in. So the battles you're in are little. They're not long. They're right now. They're not always. And remembering that will help strengthen our knees. Remembering that will help us to make sure that we can confidently say, Lord, deliver us from evil. Help us to when we're ever wondering, will, will this fight ever end? 
to remember these fights are little uh, and these fights are just right now. This particular battle is but for a little while. This particular battle is for right now. Uh, If we forget that, then we run the risk of giving up in the midst of the fight. Because we'll think, oh, this fight will never be over, so I'll just quit. So we've got to remember, if we're going to have confidence when we pray, Lord, deliver us from evil, we've got to have confidence that part of that deliverance is recognizing he's going to make sure that the battle you're in right now is going to be little, and it's just for, it's just for right now. Uh, so so we, we looked at that. We looked at the, that the battle is temporary. The victory is not. Uh, so in, instead of looking at winning the war, we, what we wanted to do last week was start focusing on the battles you're in right now. Look at the, so what can often happen in, in our spiritual wars, we can look at the spiritual war we're in as a whole. The truth is some of us, are, we're, we're all in this spiritual war. Some of you have like multiple campaigns going on uh, in your spiritual war. You're fighting battles on multiple fronts. You're dealing with, you know, problems in your marriage. Maybe you've got, a, maybe this is a marriage issue here and you've got a child issue here. You've got a job issue here. You've got just views of yourself that you're dealing with. So you're fighting on multiple fronts. And so what you don't want to do in this is is try to fight all the battles at once. Just fight the battle that you're in, the particular battle that you're in. Deal with that. Focus on, you know, saying the right thing right now, right? Uh, Doing the right thing right now. Being faithful in this uh, and then, and then the, the, the Lord will be faithful with the rest. This remembers that uh, productivity that we talked about, just faithfully putting one foot in front of the other to win the, the war little by little. So that's what we saw last time. The battles are temporary, but that's not all that uh, we know about the Lord telling us about the battles that we're in. We've got more in how to think about uh, the battles that we're in and turn now again to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1 again. More reasons for us to be confident, things to know. You're in a battle. You're in a spiritual battle. Uh, what, can you, what can you confidently know about, about, that, uh, about that fight? God has not given you the sort of helicopter out of Saigon. And so the battle is still taking place. He is still delivering you. The deliverance just looks different. The deliverance is, is in the midst of a battle. So what can you know? Not just the battles are temporary. Uh, let's see what else uh, confidence we have. Let's start in verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So the tested genuous of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So we've seen in that, we've seen several things in that passage. In fact, last time when we saw that the battle, were, 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 that they were temporary, we saw that from verse six. I want you to focus on verse six again, because when we saw the temporary nature of the battles there, that remember in, in, in the Greek, he stacks together two words, little right now, or little now. Little now are your battles. Little now are your struggles. Little now. And, and so he, he's focusing on the temporal nature of what you're going through, the battle you're facing. But that's not all. Not only are our battles temporary, not only are they little, not only are they right now, not only is the the, the victory forever, the next thing we're going to see is that the battles are necessary. 
your battles are necessary. Look what it says in verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So, So the trials we go through, they're little, they're right now, and they are necessary. They're temporary, but they're also necessary. And, and by that, I don't mean that battling itself is just necessary. Because I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what Peter's talking about here when he says, you know, he's not just talking about how, how like, like spiritual war or struggle, like, like those things are, are necessary. I, I think the specific battle, not just is fighting necessary, the specific battle you are in, the specific trial that is grieving you, is a necessary one. If you are facing a battle, you are facing it because your God has deemed that battle to be a necessary one for you. In other words, Christian, you will never face a purposeless or unintentional battle in your life. God will never have a meaningless battle come your way. Every battle you fight is providential. And every battle is purposeful. And that, that's meant to give us comfort. This, isn't, this hasn't just sprung up out of the blue. This is here by the hand of my God, who is the one who delivers me from evil. And this promise is, this, the, the words here from Peter saying, look, this little right now trial that you're going through, it is necessary. Like Calvin said, uh, his purpose was to show that God does not thus try his people without reason. For if God afflicted us without a cause, it would be grievous to bear. Imagine if the battle you were facing in your home or the battle you were facing with your children, or battle you're facing with, imagine if, you, if, if any of those battles were meaningless. Imagine if you thought, I'm fighting this fight and it's meaningless, it's purposeless, it's senseless, it's just here. I mean, we as Christians can't take like a like a like a evolutionary approach to uh, to our spiritual battles, right? Well, it's just random chance and chaos happened to bring this battle into my life, and after billions of years, I guess it eventually got to this battle. There's no purposeless battle for the Christian. Every battle you fight is a necessary battle. Because remember what we've seen. We 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 know, we've seen this already. If the battle you are facing is necessary then what you're dealing with when the battle comes your way, and this is, again, why we have confidence when we praise, if the battle is necessary, then what you're dealing with is, is not a sign of God's abandonment of you. It's actually a sign of his faithfulness. If the battle you're fighting, if the battle you're in, and you're next to your, your spouse, and, and she said something, or he said something, uh, and you're about to, and you feel the battle to want to just get your way, or say, or just be right even, or just to make it stop, or whatever. That battle going on in your mouth right now, where the evil one is saying, just say it, just say it, just say it, just say it. Put her in her place, put her in her place. You've got your kid and they're, and, they're, and they're acting a certain way and you go, oh, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. And the evil one, he's not even saying, handle it. He's saying, don't handle it. Let him go. Turn on, the, turn on the TV. Turn on the TV. Turn on the TV. Just don't handle the discipline, right? Let your, which, is, which is the devil telling you to let your child die. Uh, just let him die. I'll take care of him. Every one of those battles that you are currently facing is a necessary one. 
is a purposeful one and is a, is a marker, not of God abandoning you or your child or you and your spouse's marriage or you and your job situation. Every single one of them is a matter of God's faithfulness. Every affliction is a matter of his faithfulness because he is sovereign over every affliction. If the affliction were not necessary, your God would not have you go through that affliction. If the trial were not necessary, your God would not just send it to you. He's not just up there like some sort of sadist in the sky, just wanting to see what you can handle. This is, this is, this is why the psalmist can say in Psalm 119, I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Psalm 119.75. In faithfulness you have afflicted me, that your affliction, rather than a sign that God has abandoned me, that when affliction comes my way, it is always going to be a sign of your faithfulness. That is that totally reorients our way that we view spiritual battles. That they aren't God abandoning us. In fact, they're the opposite. When you're struggling to be a good husband or you're struggling to be a good mother or you're struggling to be a good employee or you're struggling in, to be a good child and you don't want to honor your parents and you're struggling to just submit to them, those battles that you're facing are not because God has abandoned you. Those battles that you're fighting are there because God has brought that, in that affliction, he is being faithful to you. That that battle is necessary for you. And again, this shows just how off our inclinations can be. Normally, when we face battles, we go, where are you, God? I'm facing this battle. How, you know, I'm facing this battle in my marriage. Well, where's God? I can't believe God just abandoned us and let us deal with this battle. Now, that battle is a necessary battle for you to fight for your good and God's glory. That battle is a necessary one. So fight it well. This battle is not, because if the battle is purposeful, then you'll handle it with purpose. If you realize the battle is necessary, then you will handle it the necessary way. If, if, there's a, if, you, if you and your spouse fighting, it's just you and your spouse fighting, well, then who cares? But if this is, a, this is a spiritual battle that the Lord has put in front of you, where you will either bring him glory or not, then every word that comes out of your mouth becomes a meaningful word. Every fight, every, every time you just want to roll your eyes and walk away, as the Lord often did with his disciples, right? A uh, very, very godly response. Oh. Every, every moment, every battle, if you realize they are necessary ones, then it will reorder you. One, you will not be disappointed. You will not think you've been abandoned when, you, when you're dealing with a battle. You won't, be, you won't feel like God has left you. You realize this is part of God's faithfulness. He has brought this to me. I need to handle it. I need to handle it well. And, and we've seen this. We've seen this throughout uh, we've seen God's hands throughout these battles, right? Like we, we've already talked about that, that God is guarding us. So we know, we already know that God is guarding us, which means there is no battle that will come our way unless he lets it pass because he's guarding us. God's making, he, he's guarding us. He's protecting us. He's limiting the enemy. So we know no battle gets through that he has not determined to let it get through. He's limiting our enemy, which means not only is the battle in his hands, the extent of the battle is in his hands. There is no battle that you will fight that will surpass his rules of engagement. He limits the enemy on your behalf. And now we see that the trials that do come, if they come, will only come because they're necessary for us. If you're in a battle, know that that fight is a necessary one. And then don't despair. Win the battle. This is a necessary battle. This isn't a meaningless battle. 
Is if God is let the, if God who is guarding you and limiting the enemy has let this battle through to this extent, then there is a purpose behind it. And so handle it with that sense of purpose. See it as a necessary battle, or God would not have let it through, or He would have changed the extent of the battle that you're in. So whatever battle you're fighting, God has let that battle through. Whatever the extent, God has allowed that to be the extent of the battle that you're facing. So see that as purposeful. Let that put gravitas to what you're doing, gravitas to the battle that you're fighting. None of this is meaningless. None of our squabbles, none of our quibbles, none of it. Every battle I fight is meaningful. Every battle that I fight is necessary. When we pray, God deliver us from evil, we must recognize that if we do find ourselves in a battle, it's not because God hasn't delivered us, but because sometimes part of his deliverance from evil is getting you to fight against the evil. It is a necessary battle that you are in. So when it comes to spiritual battles, the battles are temporary. They're little, they're not long, they're right now. They are necessary. Uh, Which if that were the end of it, that sounds like good news, right? Okay, I've got got, got good news. Uh, It's not going to be a long fight. Uh, It's not going to take forever. Uh, And it's got to happen. Uh, and you're like, great, I bet this won't take long. Uh, hey, good news, you got to fight the evil one and it's not going to take very long. Uh, but you just, just got to, and you're just expecting to take one on the chin for the Lord here. But that's not, there's actually more hope than that when it comes to the spiritual battles that, that God puts our way. It's not that every once in a while you need a good spiritual whooping. And so God just lets the battles through and you just get defeated. Uh, and that's just to humble you or, or whatever. There's actually more hope than that. Uh, turn to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. Now, Psalm 18 is actually, it's actually 2 Samuel 22, or, or 2 Samuel 22 is actually Psalm 18, uh, whatever. And, and th- this, psalm, this psalm is great. I, I love this psalm. It's a psalm of, of David. It's about God's deliverance of David from all his enemies. So, you know, deliver us from evil, delivering us from our, from our enemies here. We see this is, this is going to be great uh, for us. And, and we know David, David had a few enemies And yet David could sing with confidence about God's deliverance from all his enemies. And so now, now that we know that our enemies are not merely flesh and blood, and and I I hesitate to say not merely flesh and blood because that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says they're not flesh and blood. Uh, Since we know that our enemies are these spiritual forces that we face, then, then these same things are true for us in our spiritual battle. So Psalm 18 took Psalm 22, or 2 Samuel 22, and enthroned it forever, right? For us as God's people. This isn't just something that we can sing about what was true for David in his fight against his enemies. This is something that is true for us in our fights against our enemies as, as well. So what can we learn about our battles from Psalm 18? Uh, now, again, just as we saw earlier, we're going to see if you're, I, I encourage you to just read Psalm 18 as a whole this week. because It's going to be so good. We can't hit on all of it, but some of it we've already hit on, you know, God guarding us. You're going to just in the first few verses of Psalm 18, you know, it talks about God as our rock and our fortress and those things that we already talked about, how God is our protector and, and, and guards us in our battles. But there's some new truth here. There's some new truth in, in Psalm 18 that I think is good for us to understand in uh, the battles that we find ourselves in, the necessary battles that we find ourselves in. So if you're in a battle, God has let it through. He who's guarding you has let this battle through and he has limited the extent to which this battle can come to you. So the battle is here and it's here this way because God has deemed it necessary. 
But what else can we learn from that? So you're facing a battle. You're in this battle to be to give God glory or not and how you handle it. You're under this temptation. You're in this struggle. You want This is what you're facing right now. God's let this battle through. He's let it, let it through to this extent. What are you going to do? This is necessary. This is from him. What truth can we add to that? You can win every battle. You can win every battle. So God who makes these battles temporary. God, who says these battles are necessary, is also going to tell you that every battle that you face, you can win. We talked about this in terms of God limiting our enemy, but I think it's worth pointing out uh, this in the particular fight you're in as well. Jump down to verse 16. He sent from on high, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Here's the reality. If the battle that you are facing is too great, God will rescue you from it. If the battle that you are fighting is too great, God will rescue you. From that, we've seen this already in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right? Where it said, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So God is not going to let you be in an unwinnable fight. God doesn't put you in battles of certain defeat. Which means if you're facing this battle then this battle is not too great. It's not beyond your ability. It is not, if, if you are fighting it, then you can win it. If the enemy were too great for us, what does David say? The enemy was too great for me, God would simply rescue me. You'll never have to fight an enemy that you cannot beat. You'll never be in a battle that you cannot win. And we need to know that. Because so many times in these fights, we just give up because we think we can't win. I don't know how many times I've had, and some of you are going to say amen because I've said it to you. How many times I've heard people say, well, I'm just gonna, if they do this, then I'm just gonna, right? What are you, oh, you've already given up defeat. I, if they say this, I can't help but lose by, and I'll do this. And I always say, you're, you're lying. That's not true. That's not, depending on this, if we're several weeks into the talk, I'll say you're lying, you know. But early on, I'm very much nicer. Uh, and I'm like, that's not true. You don't have to do that. And if you already are thinking, if this battle comes, I can't win it. This battle is too great. Let me tell you this. If you think that battle is too great, what battle do you think the evil one is exactly desiring to bring your way? And he can at least hear. We can talk about how much he knows. But he can at least hear you say, oh, if such and such ever happens, there's no way I won't sin. And he's like, well, yes. The battles you are fighting, none of them, no moment that you are in as a child of the king in a spiritual battle that he has let through at the extent that he has deemed it to go through and he has said is necessary for you, none of those are battles you cannot win. If the enemy was too great, he would deliver you, deliver you from them. He would rescue you from them. So if you're facing the battle, it is a battle you can win. So when you pray, deliver us from evil, 
And yet you're facing a battle against evil. Take heart. Your deliverance is seen in that if this battle were unwinnable, God wouldn't have you in it. So if you say, deliver me from evil and the battle is still there, that's good news. Because if you couldn't win this battle, you wouldn't be in it. Every battle you're in is necessary and every battle you're in is winnable. If you're in the fight, then you can win the fight because of what next David is going to tell us, which is that when it comes to the battle you're in, God has prepared you for the fight. God has prepared you for the fight. Go down to verse 28. I mean, there, being, being in, in, in spiritual war can, can be an intimidating thing, right? And again, were we on our own? And if I were saying, hey, you can beat the evil one. I mean, how ridiculous. Sometimes we can't even beat ourselves. It would be, I mean, and if you, were, if you were alone in this battle, it would be a scary thing. I mean, think about it. It's scary to walk alone in the dark, right? If you're in the dark and it's alone, ladies, your husbands won't tell you this. It's still scary. It's still scary. We're still afraid. Uh, but we're more afraid of what you'll think of us if we come running back. Uh, it's scary to walk alone. But if you're with someone, even in the dark, well, you're at least too embarrassed to admit how scared you are. It's more encouraging to be with someone. Well, in this battle, what we're going to see is that you're not alone. But when we see not only are we not alone, when it comes to be delivered from evil, God is guarding us, he's limiting the enemy, he's got angels all around us, like we talked about. And this continues to be true in the actual fight itself. So it's not just, that's not just true outside of us. It's also true in the fight because God has prepared us for the battle. Look at verse 28. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. For by you, I can run against a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. So look at, look at verse 34. We'll kind of, I mean, there's so many other things as well that you can take for, you know, especially being on the offensive in spiritual war. Uh, in spiritual war, he's not like, you know, uh, in your spiritual war, you're, you're on the offensive. He's not just like, I can run away from a troop, right? He's like, I can run against a troop. And he's like, I can leap over walls. That's not just like white men can jump all of a sudden in your dreams. Uh, what he means is you can jump over the walls of the enemy. 
uh, it's not jumping over a wall to get away. You're jumping over the wall to assail the enemies. That's how much God has prepared you. He said, and that's the idea. God is training your hands for not just, oh, we're going to get there in a second. Okay. Uh, so he, he, he trains our hands. He trains our hands for war. The word there for trains is just the word for teaches. Almost every other time in your Bible, it's going to be translated as teaches. God teaches you to fight. He teaches your hands how to wage war. And here again is hope when we're facing the battle. God has prepared you for this fight. God has prepared. And in some of you, it's been the years of spiritual teaching and of truth that you've gotten, that you, you know now what you should do. None of us, very few times have I been in a situation where someone has messed up and they're, they're needing some counseling, they're needing to know what to do, and the problem is that they don't really know what to do. That's very rare. What normally happens is I know what to do, but I'm struggling to do it. I know, and, and, but here's the question. How do they, so they know how to fight. They know what winning would look like. They know what they need to do. They know what they need to say, and they know what they don't need to say. They know it. Where did that preparation, so in that battle, there's no, there's no oh, I'm just so lost. I don't, I don't know how to fight this. We know how to fight. The, the deal is, will you fight well? God has prepared you for this battle. You know how to win it. You know what to do. Because he has trained your hands for this. He has taught your hands to wage this war. And God doesn't just prepare you for the fight. What does he say? He prepares you to fight powerfully. And that's what I was talking about. What did David say? I mean, he said, he's trained me to run against a troop. He's made it so I could leap over walls. But look, look at what he says in verse 34. He's trained my hands so that I can bend a bow of bronze. I don't know if you've ever gone out with anybody who's archery hunting. Bows of bronze are fairly rare. Um, I want to see someone who's like, oh, what are you doing? You're doing like a primitive bow? Yeah, kind of. It's a bow of bronze. Just want to be like David. Uh, all right. That's, that's cool. Uh, whatever, Kyle. Uh, so, so like when people, so, but the, so what's going on is here, he's in a war where all of the enemy, they got bows too, but their bows are all made of what? Wood. He said, my God trains my, and trains my hands to the degree, not that I can just fight like everybody else. Not that I can just fight like my enemy and we're squaring up and it's one-on-one and here we go. Slap bump. Let's go. He says, he trains me so that my hands can bend a bow of bronze. They've got a troop and I can run against their troop. They've got a wall, but I can leap over it. Why? Because God has prepared me. He has trained me for war. And, my hand, and I am ready to fight and to fight powerfully because in my fight, I bend a bow of bronze. God helps his people not just to wield weapons in their battles, but to wield powerful weapons to slay powerful foes. That's why Paul can say in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. As Christians, we are leaping over the walls of the kingdom of evil. As Christians, we are pulling back our bows of bronze against their but wooden trifles. And that's why the gates of hell shall not prevail. God has prepared you, but God hasn't just prepared you for the battle. When you're in the battle and you're facing it, no, this is a necessary battle. No, God has prepared me for this battle and know that he's prepared you powerfully. 
He's not just even leveled the playing field for you. He has prepared you powerfully to know exactly what you need to do to win this fight against the evil one. Not against the person that you're talking to, not against it, but to, 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 to win the fight in what's behind the fight. He's not just prepared you, he's prepared you powerfully. But he hasn't just prepared you powerfully. He's also prepared you spiritually. Look, look at what David says. Go back, go back up into verse 20 uh, through 24. Look at God's, God's care in the battles. Beginning verse 20 says, The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I've kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. Now we can talk about how we as Protestants, we got to work through that passage sometimes. Because uh, we're like, well, great, now I'm all filthy rags, and nothing, so I, I, mean, I don't know how I'm ever going to win a fight. Uh, but here, David's assurance is that God is going to deal with him according to his holiness, according to his righteousness, according to his blamelessness. But that's not where the passage ends. And David is those things. But look where those things came from. Go down to verse 31 and 32. Because God not only has got to prepare you for the fight, and prepare you to, to win it, prepare you powerfully, we hear, see here that God holifies you for the fight. Look at verse 31 and 32. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God, the one who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. So it is true. It is true that God will deal with you according to your blamelessness. He'll deal with you according to your righteousness. God is not going to let his righteous ones just fall. And if you're living a righteous, blameless life before the Lord and seeking his glory, he's not just going to let you sort of dwindle away and die away. He's not just going to fail you. He will, he, will, he will answer you according to your righteousness. But here we see, where does that righteousness, where does that blamelessness come from? Where does that holiness come from? It is God who has made our way blameless. So not only does God strengthen us to be able to fight, He purifies us for the fight. Our holification is our equipping for war. You can talk about all that. What is sanctification? What's his purpose? Part of our holification is to equip us for the war. Your righteousness, your blameless living, those things. It's not just some trophy to just sort of shine in your house among a dark world. Those things are preparation for battle. And in them, is your assurance of victory. Because God will never abandon the righteous. God will never abandon the blameless in a fight. And good news, he has made you righteous. So take heart, Christian. God is preparing you to fight. And he's not just preparing you to fight. He's preparing you to win. He is strengthening you. He is holifying you. So not only can you fight, you can fight every battle powerfully. And not only will you be mighty, you'll be holy. So when you pray, deliver us from evil, know that God has been preparing you for this fight and preparing for you to win it. If you couldn't, If you couldn't win this battle, he'd rescue you out of it. 
He's been preparing your hands and he's been preparing your heart for this moment. Let's pray. Today, we've seen from our God that every battle that we're in is necessary. They might be little, might be right now, they're also necessary. Let's take a moment and thank the Lord for that promise that there will be no fight that comes our way unless it is a necessary one. And ask that we would trust him and trust his faithfulness and trust his sovereignty. Ask him to give you eyes so that every fight that comes your way, you would see this as a necessary fight, as if there's a purpose behind this. So then there's a purpose that I've got to handle this the right way. There's no spiritual battle in your house or home or your heart that doesn't have a purpose behind it, that is just there. They're all necessary. Should have a sense of gravity to them so that you won't just fight them haphazardly. Ask God to help you see every battle as a necessary one, as a purposeful one. And then from David, we saw that we can win. You can win every fight. Confess to the Lord if there's been times that you've said, I can't win this, and so you just give in and sin. Confess if there's been times you've, you've known what you should do, you've known how you should talk, you've known how you should act, and you just thought, I just can't. I just can't. And you've believed you instead of believing him. Thank him. Thank him that he has prepared you for every fight. There will not be a fight that comes your way that your heavenly father has not equipped you for that particular fight, for you to fight it powerfully and for you to fight it in a holy way. God always equips you and he equips you beyond, beyond what we, certainly beyond what we deserve. And he equips us beyond even what the battle needs. Every fight, you can run against a troop. Every fight, you can leap. Oh, you see a wall? He equips you to leap over that wall. You see a battle that you're in, and they've all got bows, and they're pulling them back, and the enemy's firing fiery darts. Well, he gives you a bow of bronze. Battles are necessary, but you can win them. Why? Because God has prepared you for this fight. So fight. Fight well. And fight holy. Because he's made all those, he's prepared not just your hands, he's prepared your heart. Father, we come to you today. And as we, as we think and as we partake of a supper in which we remember the great battle fought on our behalf and the victory that gives us such great confidence, may it strengthen our knees, Father. May we, may we not just look at a way to run away from the troop or a way to escape the, the wall. May we see us as bringing the kingdom of heaven at war against the kingdom of darkness. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. And that includes when the gates of hell want to prevail in our homes, when they want to prevail in our mouths, when to prevail in our actions and our attitudes, Father, we can win every one of those fights. Because you have prepared us. Give us that confidence, confidence of the children of the king. 
Father, may we bring you such glory as you have made us what we were not, as you have made our ways blameless and turned our feeble hands into weapons of war for your glory. May we bring you glory, Father. Deliver us from evil. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.